0: So as Noel said a little earlier, this is yet another one. I don't know if anyone's had enough of these statements yet. I'm beginning to feel like we've been doing it forever. But the great I am statements of Jesus, a loaded statement that Jesus makes, I am is Yahweh in the Old Testament. It's the divine personal name of the living God who speaks to people, who saves people, Who cares for people it's this i am and jesus of nazareth turned up and he claimed this name for himself he said it's me i am the i am i am the god of the old testament and he goes on to not just say this divine name but he fills it out giving flavor to it and here we see that it's the good shepherd That's the flavor of this week's I am statement. Jesus is the I am, the good shepherd, which is good news. It's really good news because we will find out what it means that Jesus can not only be the good shepherd in some kind of distant idea, but he can be your shepherd day to day, minute by minute, caring for you, watching over you, for uh, you to rely on him to have a personal relationship with. It's great news. First and foremost, we are sheep. That's the first thing that I want us to understand. We are sheep. Sheep are mentioned like 400 times in the Bible. It's the animal which crops up again and again. And we're told that we are like sheep. Now, I wonder if I was to ask you, if you were an animal, which animal would you like to be or what animal would you think you'd be? You see these kind of quizzes on Facebook. I don't know whether you've seen them where. You can find out, I don't know, what movie character or what friends character you are. I found one this week. What animal um, are you? I took nine questions and they could decipher what animal I'm most like. And I'm a baboon. <laughs> I think I'd rather be a sheep. It's terrible. I'm a baboon, apparently. Yeah. But you can do all these things. But the Bible says, if we're to put our data in to the Bible, ask the Bible, what animal am I? We'd all get the same answer. We'd all get, Gordon, you're a sheep. Joe, you're a sheep. Penny, you're a sheep. We're all sheep. The Bible says, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. That's the animal that we are characterised by, that we're similar to. And it's a humbling thing because we want to be lions, we want to be wolves, we want to be something maybe endearing, maybe a dolphin, intelligent. But no, we're a sheep. And it's humbling, but it's the truth and it's what Jesus says that we're like. We're not the heroes of the story, but actually we're sheep that wander Away, we go astray, as it says in Isaiah 53. We're there. I don't know whether you've seen many sheep, but they do just do their own thing. They wander around looking for just, oh yeah, look, look over there. See, see what this place has to do, what this has to give me, and getting lost in the process. You forget where you've come from, and you think, oh yeah, I was looking for something, but now I don't know where I am. Sheep get lost, they wander off. But also sheep are defenseless. They're probably one of the most vulnerable animals on the planet, aren't they? They're just a hunk of meat on legs. Some animals have fangs, some have stingers, some have claws. Other ones have camouflage, other ones can run quickly. But what can a sheep do? It can look there looking very tasty. And it can, I don't know, bah, but that's about it. But it's defenceless, it's helpless, vulnerable. (coughs) And we are like sheep. We can think too much of ourselves sometimes. We can think that we're safe. Jesus wants us to let us know, actually, without him, we're very vulnerable indeed. So we wander off, we're defenceless, and don't take this the wrong way. I'll include myself in this. Sheep are stupid, Sheep are really stupid. They're easily led astray by others, or they're frightened by other things. It's silly, isn't it? They can get caught up in just nonsense, foolishly, or they get afraid of the wrong thing. They can get afraid when someone's trying to help them. Sheep are stupid. They're defenseless, and they wander off. And we need to humbly take it in. Actually, that's just like me. That's just like me. I've been foolish, utterly foolish. I'm open to so many dangers. And I wander off and I get lost. But the good news is that Jesus came for people who are just like sheep. He, had, he saw the crowds when he was ministering all those years ago. And he saw that they were sheep, well, they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were all doing their own thing. They didn't know who to follow. They were helpless, defenseless, getting lost in foolish things. But Jesus, the good shepherd, had compassion on them. And he taught them the truth. And he led them. And he finally died for them. He gave them and he gave us what we need. Because in every way, everything that we need, Jesus presents himself as the solution. We've seen this time and time again through all these statements. We are hungry. Jesus is the bread of life. We are lost. Jesus is the way. We've believed a pack of lies. Jesus is the truth. We can feel dead on the inside. Jesus is the life. All these things and here we are helpless lost sheep and jesus has come to be our good shepherd who not only leads us but who lays down his life for us who cares for us of course jesus is the great i am we sang that in one of the songs we just said the unchangeable i am yahweh god of the old testament and the old testament saints the you know people like jacob He knew the I am as his shepherd. He knew the person of the Son of God that we call Jesus as his shepherd. Incredible thing. Let me read from Genesis chapter 48. This is Jacob speaking, and he's giving a blessing to um, the two sons of his son, Joseph. It says this, where he says, then he, that's Jacob, blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac. And may they increase greatly on the earth. Did you notice that? He calls God, God. He also calls him the God of Isaac and Abraham. And this God has been his shepherd all his days. He's picking up that Jacob himself was a shepherd. And he realized that he himself was more like a sheep than a shepherd. But his God, this angel of the Lord, has been his shepherd. And of course, David knew this another character of the Bible who was himself a shepherd. He tended the sheep and yet he knew, maybe the clearest of all in the whole Bible, that he was less like a shepherd and more like a sheep. And he needed the good shepherd and he knew and loved the good shepherd. One of my favorite passages, maybe it's one of yours, is Psalm 23. It says this, The Lord or we could say the I am is my shepherd I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the paths of of right paths for his name's sake even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the I am forever. Jesus is, I am the good shepherd. And David knew him. David knew him. And that should give us such hope because when we read of these old testament guys who lived they're no superheroes david was an adulterer a murderer a thief a liar and yet he was saved he knew jesus christ as his shepherd he knew what it was to lack nothing He knew what it was to be sure that he would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It was good enough for David, the sinner. It's good enough for us today. So Jesus, the son of God, has always been the shepherd of God's people, the flock. But he comes, he comes to be with us. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Sometimes we, well, it's a a biblical picture, isn't it? When Jesus talks about the Pharisees saying they're like wolves in sheep's clothing. They're imposters. They pretend to be like the sheep, but actually they're there to eat the sheep. But to flip that on its head, we see something deep of what Jesus is. Jesus is the shepherd in sheep's clothing. He's not just the shepherd there to be over us, but when he was born as a man, he came to be not just our shepherd, but to be God with us. The shepherd becomes the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world, which is amazing. He's not there, some kind of distant God who doesn't know us, who doesn't care really about us, who doesn't understand me and all that's going on. He became me. He became you. And so as he's a shepherd who tenderly cares for you, he ministers to you in the most personal way imaginable because he's one of us. He's the shepherd in sheep's clothing. He is the son of God, the son of man, our savior let's really spend some time digging into this passage around where Jesus says he is the good shepherd. So we've seen that we are sheep. But there's a big warning about this hired hand or these hired hands. There's both the singular and there's the plural. Jesus' warning against these people. And who are they? In, if we look at verse 8, I don't know whether we could... That was quick. Quick fingers. Uh, v- verse 8, it says, if I can find it, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. That's not the bit that I meant. Um, no, all who have come before me. That's, that's the bit i meant to be reading. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep have not listened to them. Now, how are we to understand that? Because I don't know, as soon as I read that, I might think, well, is that, who is that? Is that the Old Testament saints? Is that the prophets? Is that the priests? Is that the ancient leaders of God's people? Well, no, I think if we look at other parts, we can, we can do a bit of investigating and find out that, first of all, it's speaking of Satan. First of all, is talking of Satan, the ancient serpent, who was there at the beginning and who has always been trying to devour God's sheep and lead them astray, who is against the good shepherd. And I say that because it seems to be an individual at times. It seems to be an individual. So verse 10, it says, Um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief, it's not talking about thieves in general. And at the beginning, it's a bit ambiguous in our translation, but it's talking about one man climbing over the, uh, the gate, getting, getting in another way. And so it's speaking about Satan, who comes to steal, comes to kill, and comes to destroy. And it's a very real warning. The, the Bible makes no apologies to say that Satan is real. There's more to reality than just what we see. There are spiritual wars going on that we're unaware of most of the time. And Satan is at work trying to lead uh, God's flock away from the Good Shepherd and keeping people away from him. But it's also clear that, as I said in verse 8, Jesus is saying, all who've come before me. And here we see that it's false prophets, false teachers. And there's a real warning for us again today that Satan isn't going to be obviously turning up. It's not going to be this guy who's seven feet tall, bulging with muscles, You breathe out smoke with horns. That's not the Satan that you want to worry about. That's come out of um, mockery of the devil, really. The Satan that we need to be aware of are false teachers who proclaim a different gospel, a different good news, a different Jesus than the one that saves. That's the danger. And that's how Satan works. That's how he leads people like you and me, astray. So what are the marks of these hired hands? Well, firstly, they don't enter by the gate. We see that in verse one. Anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And Jesus later on, confusingly, says, I am the gate. It's another I am statement. He's the way in, to the sheepfold, to be part of God's flock. He is the way we looked at last way, and he's the only legitimate way. He's the only way uniquely to be saved, to be brought in, to be God's people. But false shepherds go in another way. They say, you don't have to use the front door. I'll climb in the window. What's that mean? Means they're denying that Jesus is the only way to be saved. It might come about in so many different ways. It might be saying, if you try hard enough, if you do good works, if you give enough to charity, you'll be all right. It might be, if I just feel good, if I'm on good terms with God day by day, I'm okay. Is anything less than saying Jesus is the only way, nothing that I can do, but nothing less than him dying for me can save, you're finding another way into the, the sheepfold. And it's a false teaching, and we're to be warned of it. Secondly, they do not own the sheep. In verse 12, it says, the hired hand is not the shepherd. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Just got nothing to do with them. And because of that, they do not care for the sheep, in verse 13. And so when danger comes, they run away. And so they might look to be good leaders. They might be appealing. And the sheep, we, we might run off and follow these different things. Maybe not thinking it through. But when danger comes, they leave us high and dry. And we see that with so many things that we follow in life. Maybe not personal leaders, but things that we put our hope in. Things that we invest and look to for comfort. We trust in them, and we think they'll give us satisfaction. But actually, when danger comes, they leave us high and dry. They leave us feeling empty. I don't know whether you felt like that. But in all these ways, Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Because in all these ways that the hired hands fail, Jesus succeeds and he's what's best for us. So firstly, he enters by the gate. Now hold on, he just said Jesus himself was the gate. It's true. Jesus enters the sheepfold by means of his own blood, by means of his own blood. In Hebrews 9.12, it says, he, that's Jesus, did not enter, that's the most holy place, by means of (coughs) blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. Redemption. That's why it's so key that there's no other way. Because this one way is the way for all. It's the way that secures eternal redemption. And so Jesus, the good shepherd, enters by the gate that is his own blood that he shed on the cross. Also, the good shepherd gathers where the thieves and the robbers scatter (coughs) Jesus, the good shepherd, he gathers, he calls his sheep by name to bring them to himself. It says elsewhere that he came to seek and save that which is lost. Sometimes we, we use Christian language like, I've found Jesus, or she's found the Lord. The reality, Jesus is saying here, he's the good shepherd who goes out he leaves the 99 behind. He goes out to look for the one. He carries that lost one on his shoulders, as it were, carries it back to the sheepfold. It's not so much that we hold on to him, it's that he grabs a hold of you irrevocably. He does. He, with a firm hold, you can imagine these shepherds, they aren't fluffy characters in in the kind of biblical times they're not the i don't know just out there on the sunny hillside smoking a pipe and just laid back maybe with a bit of a belly these were rugged men these were people out uh, who had to camp out day and night who had to care be a, a vet to these sheep who had to carry them who had to ward off uh wild animals These were rugged people. And with a firm hold, he would have laid hold of that lost sheep and taken back to the sheepfold. And that's what Jesus does. He doesn't just say, there, there, come along. How about this? Think about it this way. He grabs a hold of you and he brings you into the sheepfold, into life, into relationship with himself. Jesus gathers, and he calls people by name. He calls everyone who's been saved, everyone who knows and loves Jesus and has been loved by him, has been called by name countless times in the Bible. We, we hear of uh, different individuals who've been called by name. There's Samuel the prophet, there's Zacchaeus. who was up a tree, and, and Jesus comes up and says, Zacchaeus, I'm staying at yours tonight. What's for tea? He does it to Nathaniel. He calls them all by name. It's personal. On Tuesdays, we have toddlers. And it's a great fun time. It's, and they're all running around. And sometimes the toddlers lose their mum. They're lost. And they have that worrying look. But you know what makes their face light up? and you can tell that everything's okay, is when they hear their mum's voice calling their name. It cuts through all the noise, and there's a lot of noise on a Tuesday. All that noise going along, and they hear their voice by the one they love, and they are safe. They're gathered. And it's the same here. All the noise of life can distract us, Actually, Jesus calls our name, and he gathers us in, and we're safe. And The good shepherd doesn't just gather, but he provides. It was a wonderful psalm, and we get an idea of the lavish nature of this good shepherd. He doesn't just give us scraps while he's having a banquet says the I am is my shepherd and so what I lack nothing says David I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures you're not going to lie down if you're not provided for the sheep is going to be up about eating as much as they can or ready to run away but no it's safe secure and provided for all that it needs and so it just lies down in the rest of its shepherd, lacking nothing. Also, Jesus the good shepherd guides. Whereas sometimes you see in the countryside in Britain, the shepherds are from behind with a big stick driving the sheep along. That's not the way the shepherds did it. And the, uh, Jesus is picturing here because the, the shepherds in biblical times, would walk in front of their flock. And they wouldn't just go off. They knew what was happening because they could hear the voice, the one that had called them, the one that they'd loved, the one that owns them, they belong to, is in front of them. And so they're going to follow behind. The good shepherd guides his sheep. We, in the... In Exodus, we keep on referring to this because it's where Jesus first says, I am the divine name, where he meets with Moses. But this angel of the Lord, this I am of God, he leads this whole nation, the flock of the Lord, out of slavery. And it's this I am who's the angel of the Lord going in front of them, even through the Red Sea, through the midst of waters, from death to life and all around in the wilderness they were led by the angel of the Lord the Lord Jesus Christ going before them and protecting them and what does that mean? it means that wherever we go Jesus has gone before us there's nothing to fear in the future that Jesus isn't prepared for that he's not already sorting out, putting provision in hand for. And even if we walk through the darkest valley, we shouldn't fear any evil like David because of this other point, because the good shepherd not only provides, not only does he guide, but he also protects. He protects his sheep these hired hands would run off when any sign of danger came up, whether it be a wolf or whatever, they would run away because they cared nothing for the sheep. But Jesus says that he loves the sheep so much, cares for their protection so much, that he laid down his life for the sheep. Now we might think the metaphor might start to break down because that's a very nice gesture. That's a very nice gesture for someone to lay down their life for me. But if something's consumed by the wolf, isn't the wolf just going to start on me? If the shepherd lays down its life for the sheep, then what hope is there for the sheep? Do you, did you mind? Maybe it's just me. But Jesus laying down his life for the sheep Is itself protection. Because as he is consumed, as it were, by the wolf, as he takes the judgment that we deserve, that's after us, to devour us, as he lays down his life, dies in our place, it means that we are safe. In him laying down his life, the danger is gone. We pass from judgment to life. And so Jesus protects us in that way. But not only that, but in Psalm 23 again, when we're walking through those dark valleys of life, when the shadow of death is looming over us, the protection of God is still there. The protection of Jesus is there. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. The rod being a stick, a huge log to whack animals with. That's our God. He'll knock down things that are coming towards us. That's not to say we're going to have an easy life. We're still going to be in that valley. But in that valley, we have the comfort to know that there's nothing getting to us that hasn't first come through our Shepherd. And also the staff. The staff is this kind of hook where you can well well the shepherd would kind of direct, pull out, and get the sheeps out of pickles. And that's again a comfort to know that as we're in the valley, we're silly sheep that get lost and stuck. He's there not only with his rod to clobber our enemies, but he's there with his staff to pull us out when we've gone too far. And lastly, the sheep are owned by the shepherd. I just want to finish by thinking about this because it's a very humbling thing, one, to realize that we are like sheep, that we're not baboons, although I may be like a baboon, But we are like sheep who go astray. And Jesus dying for us is us being bought, heart and soul, our whole being, to this Good Shepherd. We don't own ourselves if we belong to Jesus. If we are part of His flock, His name is written on all of us, on our hearts. And what that means is there's no application which goes beyond this, really. All that I do should be in the name of Jesus. It's his. My wallet is Jesus's. He's bought it with his blood. My time, my diary, that belongs to Jesus. That's not mine. All of it my skills, my work, my relationships. All this Jesus has died for. It's his. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we all quit our jobs and we all have to go be overseas missionaries or dedicate all of our time in that way. But it does mean, it does mean we do have to consciously acknowledge that it's all Jesus's. Whatever I keep back for myself is only what's sensible (laughs) for health in that respect. So my time, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it there as a minister, as a sheep of the good shepherd, being guided by him, being protected by him being provided by him. I'm there as a sheep of the good shepherd, no matter what I do. Of course, that's going to shape how we live as well.